Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am so glad that you're here with us today because I have most amazing guest, Travis Bell. You are going to absolutely love him. Thank you, Travis, for being here today. Michelle, stoked to be on. Awesome. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? 5,000 foot view. Oh, <laughs> the long or the short or the medium version. <laughs> um, look, for the last 10 years, I've been running around the world as <clears throat> the bucket list guy. That has been my... I guess, uh, label my brand. And uh, after someone called me the bucket list guy about 10 years ago, it stuck. And I've been doing that, staying in that lane ever since. So as a serial entrepreneur, um, that is a very hard task to try and keep the blinkers on for, for 10 years. But uh, it's stronger now than ever. And it's my way of getting what I do out into the world. Awesome. So what is it that you do with people? Do you actually go and fulfill their bucket list stuff? Do you get the list? What do you do? Yeah, well, it's it's kind of like I've I've my modality of getting this message out there of, you know, living a regret-free life rather than regretful life. And you know, it it came about um by me going through, you know, some of my own personal battles with depression. And instead of um going on heavy antidepressants. Uh, I, you know, which is kind of like a band-aid fix. I, I decided to go right into personal, you know, personal development and learn all about psychology, positive psychology, NLP, life coaching, all that sort of stuff. So I'd, I'd had my own business. I was the first to franchise personal fitness training studios in Australia. And I did, I was in the personal fitness training industry for over 20 years. So started with one client, ended up with tens of thousands of clients, you know, a big chain of personal training studios around Australia. But, you know, that, that, that breakdown before breakthrough story, which seemingly everyone's kind of got. <laughs> um, yes. Mine was let some toxic people in. There was some, you know, shit going on in my life that uh, things got the better of me. And um, I, uh, I, I fell out of love for, for that particular industry. After doing 20 years, I thought I'd done my time. So I knew that a change was on the horizon, but... You know, when push came to shove, uh, I found myself in a bit of a downward spiral um, and suffering from, from some mental health stuff. And uh, as a result, instead of putting a band over over the top of it, I went, all right, I've got to get to the cause of what I was going through. You know, worked out some stuff. If you put on a course back then, I would have done it under the back of the room, under the back of that room, you know, <laughs> upgrade. I, I just went full on about a year, year and a half into it. A friend of mine said, Hey Trev, why don't why don't you teach this stuff? You know, and that that was you know, a bit of a light bulb moment for me. So I I went, yep. <clears throat> well, I've been in business my whole life. You know, I've never had a job in my life, except for a kid swimming teacher when I was going through uni. But um, I've never actually had a like an adult job. I've always worked for myself. I don't even know what an adult job really is. But anyway, <laughs> you know. So I've always, um, uh, you know, always had my own businesses, and. And look, I, I, I needed a change. And so I put on a talk around that time, 10 years plus ago, and nearly had to invite the 40 people to come along to this talk. And uh, 
I package in all the stuff that I've learned, all my entrepreneurial history stuff and mindset and blah, blah, blah. It's embarrassing to look back on it now, but um, I had a room full of 40 people and then about halfway through the talk, I started sharing the fact that I had a list to do before I died. Uh, one, I had it written down since I was 18, which a lot of people didn't know that about me. And so I, um, yeah, inspired the group. I was, I was obviously the only freak in the room who had a list to do before they die actually written down. No one else did. And, um, yeah, at the end of it, Joe, one of the participants said, oh, how's this list to do before you die stuff? It's, it's like a bucket list. You're like a bucket list guy. I went, ping, there's my new career. <laughs> so, awesome. you know, I knew that having, having and you, you would have come across this, Michelle, you know, I've had the bricks and mortar businesses. I've had the corporate leases. I've had that burden of those overheads. Um, and then to, you know, to just purely go online and do this thing was a massive, like, mindset shift. And Tim Ferriss had just come out with his freaking four-hour work week, and I'm like, I'm like got all these bricks and mortar commercial leases and then Tim running shit from a hammock in Thailand. I thought that sounds cool. <laughs> now it's just like, now it's just, you know, the digital nomad thing is just running online businesses is kind of, it's it, everyone runs online businesses now and it's kind of a bonus if you've got some offline presence, <laughs> you know. And so I, that whole online world was starting and I thought that was, that was my sense of freedom and I knew travbell.com wasn't probably going to get as much attention as the bucketlessguy.com. Um, so my, my, my main modality was I, I always loved coaching and mentoring and, um, and so I knew speaking was a way for me to uh, go out there and coach one to many from a stage. So I went out there and I've, over the last 10 years have kind of refined the message, but basically it's a, it's a positive psychology message, you know, helping people experience more meaning, purpose and fulfilment in their life. And, you know, uh, and, and it's been um, really well received, obviously done a Ted talk around it and a book and, you know, have, have traveled around the world doing, doing speeches, not recently, but I've uh, <laughs> but I've been yeah. traveling around the world ever since, which has been really cool. And um, you know, it's it's opened up a heap of opportunities. So, you know, that's that's where I am today is the bucket list guy. And by okay. the way, your business owners will love this. I was on the Google machine when I was registering the bucketlistguy.com and I was like, who's like the Mac Daddy? Who's like the king of bucket lists in the world? Oh look, no one. So I called myself the world's number one bucket list expert. Because no one else was, so bugger it, I'll, I'll do it. That's awesome. <laughs> there you go. So what were some of the things that were on your list? Oh, look, you know, the early, you know, the one the one that I had since I was 18 um, were the, the two big ones, which I've done, was to do an Ironman triathlon. That was actually second. My first was I had to go to New York. You know, I'm an Australian who, who really in 20 years hadn't travelled that much because I've been building my business. So there was a lot of travel stuff in there, the seven wonders of the world. I remember going, you know, like going to Vegas and going to New York, which which is, you know, I've been there, I don't know how many times now, but um, uh, doing an Ironman, going to Mount Everest, uh, base camp was a big one. So I had the opportunity to take my dad there and through oh. Tibet 
and we went to advanced base camp on Mount Everest on the Tibetan side. And that was one of the first, uh, that was actually the first trip that dad took with me around the world. It was the first trip out of Australia that he actually took in his life at the age of 68. And, uh, you know, and, and since then, you know, my dad and I have gone to Mount, we've done, done Mount Kilimanjaro, the Kokoda Track in Papua New Guinea, Machu Picchu, um, and the Inca Trail on the morning of my 40th birthday. And I've taken people around the world with, with us as well. So these adventures, these bucket list adventures are, and it's about who you can, who can get swept up in your, uh, on your journey with you and the connections you can make and the experiences that you can experience together, right? And so I've had the opportunity to, I guess, you know, look at, like, help people look at through, you know, look at life like I do. I say a bucket list is a tangible life plan where our career plan or our business plan should fit into our life plan, not be the other way around, right? Absolutely. And you teach that all the time. You know, our businesses, when op optimised, when optimised, should do two things and two things only, really, and this provide cash flow and time flow for allow the, to allow the owner to do what the hell they want. The fact is a lot of people don't know what they want. You know, they don't know what their why is. They focus on the money and the time. And then you're like, what are you going to do? I don't know. Do a bit of trouble when I'm older, pay off the house, put the kids through school. Shit, is that it? So hence this bucket list stuff has become, um, you know, quite quite important and life-changing to a lot of people. Nice. So who do you say your ideal client is? Who do you absolutely love working with? Uh, I'll wrap it up in a statement. It's a good question. Um, People are dying at 40 and being buried at 80. Mm -hmm. So them. <laughs> nice. Sleepwalking, you know, people who are sleepwalking through their life. Um, but also, you know, there is a lot of people, and you'd know this, Michelle, people that are just existing and not living. They're living by default rather than by design, you know, or intentional design. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of people, you know, I've got clients that uh, this they're, they're happy, they're fulfilled, they've got, but they want more. They want to be challenged, and so this becomes an ice, you know, icing on the cake experience for them. And they've done some, you know, they've gone on to create legacies, they've gone on to create foundations, they've gone on to create charities, and you know, all sorts of things to play an even bigger game. So it really lifts the lid on what our potential really is. And it's, um, I guess, one of the things that I'm quoted on the most is. You know, bucket list. This this bucket list isn't about ticking off cool, a whole bunch of cool stuff. Like, yes, it is, and, and it should be. You know, all all about having fun and, and you know achievement and success and that sort of thing. But it's really about how we reverse engineer every aspect of our lives in order to make this stuff come to fruition. Right? It's a growth of us on this journey towards these self-imposed destinations. But most importantly. It's about the person that exists on the other side. And that's the person we don't know yet. And that's called our potential. And when we get, you know, as human beings, when we experience more of our own potential, it puts a smile on our face, gives us meaning, gives us purpose, gives us fulfillment. And that's what it's all about. You know, like, like people, people stop pushing the envelope. They stop being um, curiously excited about, about what's on the other side of their bucket list, about who they can become before their time is out. You know? Nice. I love that. Well, and I and is it really the people that are kind of dead at 40 and buried at 80? Or is it people that are still going, oh my God, there's got to be something more to this? So what would somebody be kind of struggling through or thinking that they're thinking, oh my God, Travis, I need you so bad? 
Look, I think it's a, yeah, it's definitely a psychodemographic. Is is okay? Well, on a scale of one to ten, Michelle, ask this answer this question. Um, how fulfilled are you? Me? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I love my <laughs> wicked awesome life. You're I get to do this. Client. I get to interview yeah. people from Australia in the middle of the afternoon. Come on, man. My life is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, but if I put some definitions around that, people will start to really think about it and go, well. Yeah, there's a lot of people that haven't got meaning, purpose, and fulfillment in their life, you know, that, that and an overwhelming sense of gratitude. And, you know, that's where we as coaches, we can help, you know, uh, help them along that journey, you know, towards fulfillment. There's a lot of unhappy people out there, unfortunately. Well, and I'm and, sure there is, and, and I'm sure they're all sitting out the there going, like, this sucks. There's got to be something more in life than this. Whatever yeah, this the, is the statistics are really scary too, and I, and you know, I, I can't help myself, um, but look at the stats. The stats of depression are going, and I'm not just a, hey, COVID. I would assume they're going uh, yeah, like a, like an ambulance chaser here on mental health. <laughs> it's not about yeah. that because, you know, not the whole world is not depressed. The whole world is not sad. The whole world is not unhappy. Some people are absolutely thriving right now, just versus just surviving. Yeah. So, um, but you've got to look at the, the stats. ones that aren't are, but, are hurting yeah. and then sound. And there's so many things that they can be doing. So but also, I, you, you know, as you know, like people have got to want to change, you know, psychologists know this, that if a person sort of books themselves, you know, or not sort of, but books themselves in for an appointment or they employ the services of a coach, they say, yes, I, I need help. I'm waving the white flag. Half the problem's already solved because of admittance that they do have to get some expertise, some outside expertise to help them close that gap, right? So at the end of the day, um, again, the stats don't lie. Depression is going up. Anxiety, you know, suicides, use suicides, the overprescription of antidepressants. Um, we've even got this thing now called the loneliness epidemic, which is a real thing. We know what a pandemic is. We're very clear on what that is, but an epidemic. And this is the adverse effect of social media. We're all comparing our behind-the-scenes footage with someone else's highlights reel, and it's getting worse and worse. Yep. So that that causes a you know a psychological state, um, and, and that's why we you know all these hacks and you know books are coming out about you know control control your controllables and you know, um, putting rules in place for your life and, and making sure you're turning off your notifications and, you know, not being alerted every every second of the day. And so, um, but, you know, what's what's sad is these, these statistics are climbing um, and, you know, then you go through COVID and isolations and lockdowns and all that sort of stuff on top of that. It's an absolute perfect storm for mental health. And now with you know, the, the amount of people that are, you know, calling in on Lifeline and these sort of depression initiatives as well, um, it is scary. So it would be remiss of me not to want to obviously change the narrative around, around those, you know, statistics and reverse those statistics and give them some tools to be able to self-manage out of them and uh, which it has. Well, I, th I think there's a, a certain something, something that goes on in the human brain though that we can't solve all our problems because of the filters that we have and all that kind of fun stuff. It takes somebody else to be able to see it from another angle. And, and I think it's a dangerous kind of premise to set that it's only once we go down that hill that we need somebody to be around. And I think that probably contributes to that whole loneliness thing going, oh, I'll be all right, I'll be all right. 
today I'm okay, I'm gonna be all right. But then it becomes this little nemesis, like a little layer of dirt on the furniture that six months later is suddenly there and it's thick and you never realized it was coming. And I think yeah. people need people. We need mm -hmm. to be able to see people. We need to talk to people. We need to hash things out with other people. And other people help bring us to another level that we can't bring ourselves to. Yeah, but, but you know, and also adding to that is when you're in a depressive state, so I've been through it, that's the last thing you want to do. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that that's you've got to force yourself. And um, and that's where antidepressives obviously get you out of your own way. <laughs> you know, get your get you and your mindset out of your own way. So you become a lot more open and not so insular, uh, you know, inward looking. Um unfortunately, unfortunately, and you'd know this from business coaching and stuff. You know, it, it takes pain. It takes a level of pain in a person's life for them to change or a level of pain in a person's business for them to change. Mm -hmm. It does. Nine times, you know, I did personal training, personal fitness training for, you know, tens of thousands of clients across Australia. Um, and unfortunately, it's pain that, that motivates a person initially. But then, you know, as a good coach, and, and you've, got to, you've got to pin something more toward motivation rather than away from motivation really quickly all right i know you came in here because you're overweight and you're lonely and you've been you know you've been divorced for a long time or you've gone up a flight of stairs and you're clutching your chest or you um you know you've got no energy to play with your kids on the weekend or whatever it might be but let's you know that's the thing that got you to come into the gym or come into the studio um but it's not the thing that's going to always motivate you, continually motivate you. So you've got to peg something off in the, you know, peg something in the future. And that's what positive psychology is all about. Positive psych is about identifying the things that gives us meaning, purpose, fulfillment, and more gratitude, and then doing more of that, integrating more of that in our work and our life. Um, and that's, I've just put the, you know, this bucket list theme over or theme over the top of that um, to make it more, I guess, tangible tangible for people you think it's easier for somebody that is depressed to go you know i just want to do something stupid in a name like something off my back list as opposed no. to becoming like i just want to put my socks on <laughs> like where does it start? well every no like like um i i don't run assumptions on everyone because everyone's very very different individual and we've all you know our, our perception is the eye in, always in the eye of the beholder, right? And we are so subjective when we're in that 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 mindset. It's very hard to be objective, and therefore, um, uh, well, you let know, me put it another way: in, what's something somebody mind? could yeah. do that's in what's that, that position? Let me put it another way: what is something somebody could do that's in that position that would potentially catapult them out and maybe it is go after bucket list maybe it is just hey i could put on my socks today no what it's actually some things? Like initially that's why support groups uh are you know uh, are available for people people um people in that at that stage which is you know pretty low on the fulfillment scale <laughs> um is uh they need to be around people that's as simple as that for their own self-care and um they can see, hopefully see themselves in other people who aren't in that depressive state. So they need to get around support groups or, or just people are, you know, people who are more positive or more community minded or more open, you know, 
that's we have this you know initiative in australia called are you okay day and it's just checking in and you know for one day we all ask each other are you okay mate you know are you okay are you okay and and that you know just opening up conversation for people who are not okay can be you know can be the fire that gets lit i love that that's awesome cool so give me a cinderella story of somebody that you've worked with oh wow um cinderella story didn't she turn into a, a princess something like, later on at 12 o'clock or um, the, no, um after that after that well no she gets that's right yeah i wasn't paying attention not the horse that turned into the mouse but the, the, yeah that's that it <laughs> um oh look heaps of you know um she's i you know like i i had this had this one uh, this one lady um uh, I, I gave a talk and she came up to me afterwards. There's a kind of a big line of people and they're getting photos and signing books and all that sort of thing. And I could see her at the end of the line and um, it sort of got to, you know, the, the line whittled down and she got closer to me and I could see that she was obviously in distress or something had triggered her or something from my talk. And I'm going to be really careful of that too because you've got, you've got a good portion of people that are on, you know, on in pretty bad way, you know, out there. And when you go and speak to groups all around the world, like I have, you can start to see. And by, by mind you, if you've been in a in a bad place yourself, you can identify that in other people pretty quickly. You go, ah, oh, right, okay. You don't go, oh yeah, you're going through what I. You don't assume anything, but you can just see it. So I knew this. This, you know, she'd been affected. Her face was. Uh, obviously effect showing signs of it and she got really close to me about one person and then she darted off and i and i went like i was, didn't want to be rude to this person I'm like, i know you, you know but she just headed off right. anyway um a couple of hours later she obviously went back to her room at the conference there and she sent me an email and she said oh, i was last on the line and you know i was going to uh, talk to you but i got really shy and then um Look, I just want to—I just want to give you some feedback that um, I've—I've I've tried to commit suicide three times from memory, and I'm—I'm I'm on suicide watch right now. And for some reason, I had to come to your thing today, and I'm so glad I did because uh, I've been—I've—I'm in a really bad way, and I'm like, look, can we meet? Can we? You know, can we? Can I need to talk to you, you know, like, like, cause you know, you know, you don't know, like people at that level are, are like, could trigger them over the edge. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but you know, what, one thing that NLP has taught me that look at everyone's, you know, their, their words are a window into their unconscious, mm -hmm. you know, or into their subconscious. So whatever she was writing, I'm like fully aware of what's, what's going on, trying to look between the lines. And she's like, your 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 seminar gave me gave me hope, gave me. Something. I'm like, all right, cool. We've got something going on here. Good. <laughs> it's not all just bad, 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 bad. Um, what did you get out of it? So asking open-ended questions, which is what you do as a coach, right? Asking open-ended questions. Thanks so much. I'm so glad you came. Um, what did you get out of it? Give me the top three things. And she went through those top three things. She's like, oh, I've already started writing my bucket list. This is an hour afterwards. Oh, perfect. All right. So, so you know, I went through the My Bucket List Blueprint, which is what I've done the book. I, you know, it's a 12-letter 12 12 letter acronym for how to write a personally meaningful and holistic bucket list. Now, I want you to go through that 
step by step. Can you do that for me? And I want you to send me, don't have to be full, like 300 things on it or anything like that. Just, just give me the broad brush strokes of what this bucket list, this future bucket list actually looks like. So I'm getting her into a, giving her tools to be able to self-manage. So um, she came back 20, and I said, and you've got to give them, you've got to make them accountable as well. So I said, you've got to get, Beth, you've got to give, you've got to give me that within 12 hours, okay? So it's five o'clock now. So I want you, I want you to deliver it to my email back at five o'clock. She's all right, cool. Yeah, no worries. Great. So four o'clock or whatever. She's like, here it is. I said, excellent. All right. Thank God. You know, so stoked by this stage, I'd connected with her on social media as well, just to make sure that she's, you know, connected. And so I really worry about people like that. You know, I've seen, you know, I've heard some bad stories about people going to seminars and it not get too well. Um, and said, all right, cool. Now, Beth, now you're going to do me one thing. I forgot the, I forgot the bucket list. You're going to go after the low-hanging fruit. All right, what does that mean? Go after the easiest things you can do right now. All right? doesn't have to be the big... I know you want to travel the world. I know you want to start a charity and you want to do this and you want to... Look, forget about all that shit. All right, what's the one thing that you can do right now that doesn't cost you any money or any time, it's just your intention? All right, great. All right, well, I can do this. I forget what she did, but she went for, um, went for something really easy and, uh, and, and check in with me when you've done it. All right? What, what's it going to be and when are you going to do it and check in with me? So we've literally for, I think that was about three, four years ago, now we're connected on socials. She's in my book, on my, my next book. And um, just as an absolute success story, because one thing led to another, a year later, um, she sends me, I lost contact with her a, a year later, she sent me a picture of her and her family in Italy. Nice. And she'd been uh, disenfranchised by her family. Um, she hadn't travelled for ages. She'd, she'd been on the, she'd been drinking and drugs and a whole bit. She was clean, sober. And she still attributes, you know, she goes, I don't know what, what right place, right time, but, what, you know, and I trust in that, right, Michelle? So I trust in the people that are there for the right, you know, the right place at the right time. And, you know, like those big aha moments happen exactly when you, exactly when the universe or whatever you want to call it um, wants you to hear them. So that was the, uh, that was the tipping point for her. Um, and look, I believe that she even came out of the closet as well. Wow. And so, oh, yeah, dude, like it was just fully, fully life changing. And, and she'd been battling with all that, having fights with boyfriends. And I'm like, and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm gay. Went, that explains she everything. No. And she, she's like, it's like, oh, no well, life's wonder. so much easier. No, 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 no fucking wonder I was so angry. Like, well, exactly. haven't, we lifted, haven't we lifted the lid? And so, no kidding. That's awesome. You know, that, that's, um, I've got to trust in that more because that's, that's actually happened so many times in my journey. Mm. Right place, right time. I, I knew I had to come and see you. I had to read your thing. And I, you know, for, for some, for some reason, it, it resonated with me, this bucket list thing. And so for the people that are, that where it's resonating, where it's, where it's like, I've got to, I've got to pay more attention to this because I'm, maybe I'm so busy being busy, you know, on my daily to-do list that I forget about my bucket list. And, and that's my whole thing is to 
basically wake people up before they get given a use-by date. You know, it's like the movie, The Bucket List is about two blokes who get given a cancer diagnosis and then they write a bucket list, which is fucking stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's that bad afterwards, but you could probably do it now and <laughs> not have to have fatal uh, diagnosis before you Yeah, well, why do but don't many people do it? Oh, you know, oh, I've, I've, sure. I've just been given a cancer diagnosis and now I'm writing a bucket list. Ah, uh, dickhead, too late. <laughs> not if it's too late. I'd, no, it is. I'd, I'd, it say, is. It I'd is. say do it anyway. I want to wake people up before they get given a use by date. Fair enough. So yes. if you're watching yeah. or if you're watching or listening to this right now, this Listen, is your yeah. virtual cancer diagnosis. Okay. I don't so, care. I don't care if it comes across harsh. Peeps are going to want to get a hold of you and they're going to want to start playing with the bucket list. So how do they get a hold of you and what's your next step? Uh, they can go to thebucketlistguide.com uh, and that's where I hang out. And or they can you know, go to thebucketlistguide.com forward slash book and I'll get one of these bad boys sent to them and I'll sign it for them. The Sharpie's been used overtime. Um, they can go to Life's Too Short, see my TED Talk as well, which is what I did. I unpacked in my bucket list blueprint in that, and which was one of the things on my bucket list was to do a TED Talk in front of 2,000 people. And you'll see me like a cage monkey on a three by three red dot in front of 2,000 people. Thanks. <laughs> Gotta have goals. <laughs> okay. Yeah, or Instagram. The way you or put Facebook that. Or one of those. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So I have to ask you before I let you go, at what point in life did you know you're crazy enough to become an entrepreneur? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I knew it for certain when I was 21. Because I grew up, I'm, um, I, I'm adopted and I, I, believe me, I've done a lot of work around this too. Um, I'm like, why can't I just go and get a middle management freaking job and just get a consistent paycheck and work for some big conglomerate where I can be, just become a sheeple like everyone else and just get lost in the herd and, uh, you know, just, you know, get the mortgage, get the 2.3 kids and just do, no. No, I've got this piece of DNA in me, which I can't, I've got this bigger vision for myself, all that shit. You know, I want to help a shitload of people. It's like, God, get rid of that. Um, but I can't help it. So my, I, I grew up, my, my, um, I'm adopted, 1973. Uh, my, my, my environmental father versus my biological father, my environmental dad who I grew up with down here in Ocean Grove, still alive, saw him on Father's Day two days ago. Um, we, we, um, you know, when I grew up, we were kind of, you know, clashing quite a bit. And that's because he was in the same job as a wharfie from the age of 16 through the age of retirement, you know, at, 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 in the unions, the whole bit, you know, a real man's man, worker, you know, not a man of emotion, baby boomer. Me, his adopted son, a serial entrepreneur. You know, never had a job in his life. Um, he's waiting out for his 401k superannuation, as we say here in Australia. Um, me, don't even have any. You know, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> and, and so we had a difference of opinion, if you can imagine that. But it wasn't until, like I said, the bucket list side of things um, that brought us together later on in life. The point being... 
that I grew up with him hating his job. I grew up with him. He loved parts of it. It challenged him. But for the majority, he used to complain about it all the time. You know, early morning split shifts, late, you know, night shifts and that sort of thing, always bitching in and really not spending a lot of time with us, with us kids. So I, my concept of work wasn't that pleasant. So maybe that was an, a contributing factor. Maybe uh, that um, maybe there's some DNA stuff in there. I don't know that uh, didn't, you know, wasn't carried through to me. Uh, there was, um, but I remember saying, I don't want to be like that. You know, I, I don't want to be complaining. Life's too short to be bitching and complaining about your, you know, your work where you spend the majority of your time. And I remember when I was first, uh, my first business, when I just started my personal training business, I remember I'd just trained three clients and I was riding my bike from the gym back to where I used to live um, against the traffic and which was the peak hour traffic because I'd already worked and I was going against, I was like a salmon going upstream. (laughs) And I just remember stopping at the lights and seeing all these people in peak hour traffic at the lights. And and I was 8.30 or something in the morning and no one looked happy. Everyone in their, their own car and me, sunny day shorts on singlet you know like going against that and i'm going i never want to be like that that's this is me and that's you and i can't ever see myself doing that and it's funny you should ask that because i've never i don't think i've ever i haven't told too many people that but i I just always felt like a salmon going up the stream Mm I love that because I think so many entrepreneurs do. And I think the younger we get that bug, if you will, the the crazier society thinks we are. And I just want people to know that that's totally normal. Like it is so okay. You just haven't found your peeps yet. And when you find them at the top of that lake or wherever your upstream happens to be, it's like, oh my God, my peeps, this is awesome. Oh yeah. And you've got to get around now the salmon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I had to use that metaphor even more. Exactly. Um, but oh, shit, you know, like those those salmon going against that stream, they have to fucking work. Mm-hmm. They have to kick and get up, you know, especially when they try and get up and up and up. It's like, dude, they got to work hard. But when, <laughs> when you know, we could go on and on about that analogy and how it's related to entrepreneurialism, shouldn't we? <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it immensely. And uh, before I let you go, any last word for our peeps? No, I just, you know, like <clears throat> I believe that every business owner which you're around, Michelle, which you cultivate your tribe, and I believe every every business owner, you're an idiot if you do not have a written down bucket list. What's easy to do is easy not to do. And like I said before, your bucket list is a tangible life plan. gives you a greater sense of why. Your, your purpose, your reason for doing what you're doing. Now, it's not about the time or money. You know, that is the byproduct of an optimised vehicle, right? Double bonus, though, if you actually love what you do and it's hitting your values, which is your internal rule book, um, that's your business and you're of service to the community and to your clients. I think that's the holy grail, right? Those three things. It's hitting your values. It's giving you the time flow and the cash flow that you need. But you need a bucket list and you need a bucket list to get you out of bed in the morning in those times where you don't want to get out of bed in the morning. You need that, that those reasons for getting up 
and uh, going after your dreams because uh, there's a and 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 the last thing and the reason why I want you to become a bucket lister is to be the example for others to follow. There's not enough leaders, there's not enough people practicing self leadership. Go out there and be the example for your clients, for your family, for your kids, um, and you know because the world needs you right now. Nice. I love that. So, peeps, if you're listening to this right now and you can't write it down or you can't go to the website, just go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog and we will have all of Travis's information there. Look up Travis, look up Bell, look up Bucket List. You will find him, I promise. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Travis. It has been an absolute pleasure. I love it. Can't wait to send a whole ton of people over to you. And peeps, if you're listening right now and you know somebody that would make a great guest for the show or you have a topic that you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com and I would love to hear from you. Have an awesome week. Thank you for listening to our show. I am all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support they need to make it in business. As such, I have Taking Your Business Digital Q&A every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain. To register for that, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash digital. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L. I look forward to meeting you and actually finding out how you are. So see you on the flip side.